Welcome to the Women in Technology podcast. My name is Sly Gittins, and this series is aimed at amplifying the stupendous, the amazing women that's inside of the technology field. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. I have a great guest today. Her name is Jacqueline Tuma, and she's going to tell you all about her story, how she got into the industry, and how she's continued to thrive. So without any further ado, Jacqueline, can you give the, my audience a background on who you are and what you're currently doing? Sure. Thanks so much, Lyon. Thanks so much for inviting me to this great, uh, great session. And, uh, you know, heard a lot about you. Your, your past sessions have been great. So, and this is just wonderful that you're continuing to promote women in technology. We all need great allyship across. So, you know, for me, uh, I've had a bit of a journey. I started off my uh, uh, world in political science, you know, thinking I was going to go work for government and do all these great things. And, you know, when I started into that, you know, my first job out of school was really working for the government of Canada, doing a, a project about how the internet is shaping uh, the government and how uh, government services that we even at that time needed to be digitized and offer it to, to different uh, levels. Uh, and then actually, you know, from there, I moved on to Bell Canada and then I got into Microsoft. Uh, and then certainly for me, the journey has been great from Microsoft to T-Mobile to you know, independent consulting and Fluke Biomedical and now landing at ServiceNow. Uh, and for my role at ServiceNow, one of the things that I love about it, because I, I love technology and, and part of it, it's that continuing passion for IT, is I'm strategic uh, director for technology alliances, which means I get to play with all of the big tech companies from Microsoft to Amazon to uh, Google to AWS, IBM and the others. So, you know, for me, it's uh, it's been an interesting journey uh, around my career uh, and especially even my education path coming in from uh, a non-technical field to really, you know, embracing IT as just a part of almost everything that we do and touching lots of different areas. That is fantastic. How am I supposed to follow that? That was like a mic drop situation just now. But can you tell me, what was your first job and how is it completely different than what you're doing today? I know you touched on that your education is outside of technology, but what was your first job and how was that like? Sure. You know, my first real job was with Bell Canada. And at that time, they were trying to understand how they could serve uh, customers better. And on the marketing side, we started to truly try to understand how do we use what we call today as business intelligence, uh, as AI and see patterns and develop side of a marketing data science side. Uh, and it was for me around that art of the possible around innovation and how technology really can help and enrich our lives and how, you know, it was the great democratizer in terms of it didn't matter kind of where you came from. It didn't matter your background uh, that we all had a place to play in technology and that it could really, you know, force us to uh, look at things and, and be able to, to help people in, in ways that we never thought uh, thought possible. I mean, back in the day, the early, early part was getting our billing systems online so we could actually go online and pay a bill and do commerce functions. And I won't bore you with my, one of my first jobs in, uh, you know, uh, Bell Canada uh, was essentially around 1-900 services about e-commerce on the phone and how to change e-commerce on the phone and experience through a video kiosk and then eventually an experience online through the thing that we call the internet. So, you know, this digital transformation, this digital, um, you know, innovation and, and, and strive to have and be an inclusive part of our life has just been an amazing journey for me that's just continued to fuel itself uh, in, in whatever position I've taken on. That was a fantastic answer. So let's unpack a few things. Can you take me back to early in your career 
What was your mindset? And let's add another question, another question on that is what would you tell yourself now? Like with the information that you have now to your, you no know, Jacqueline, when she first started at Bell, yeah. what would you tell yourself? What, yeah. like how, how are you different today? If that makes sense. I think I'm more of my honest self to be on it, uh, to be good uh, in terms of understanding where do I want to go with my career? What do I want to focus on uh, in terms of experience? So, you know, way back in Bell Canada, uh, I actually got referred in by, by a friend. We were working on, uh, you know, a side project together, uh, you know, that kind of dealt with, um, you know, some, some things around uh, commerce and, and, and fishing and wildlife and that type of stuff. And, you know, she was the one who really encouraged me to say, you know, what do you really want to do? Do you want to make IT a, a career passion for you? And not so you get, you know, you're not coding and engineering in some room, but you're dealing with our customers. You're looking at how to use technology to help better themselves. And for me, that helped me around a lifelong learning attitude and to understand and try to come everything with a blank slate to say, what can I learn? And my advice to my younger self would be kind of like threefold. One would be like, take it all in, feed your mind, feed your soul, enjoy that journey of the experience. Don't be so rushed to get to the destination of a career because you think that's where you need to go. And, you know, understand that those paths of a career are winding and enjoy that winding experience around the road. Uh, and that leadership is a mindset. You know, it's not a position. It's done in the service of others. And uh, to be a little less hard on myself about climbing the ladder in, in some type of, uh, you know, structured world that, you know, doesn't really exist. Because if you shift your mindset and you keep your mindset to open, you're going to enjoy a lot more of those experiences along the way. You just gave the listeners a lot of gems. There. Let's see if I can unpack a few of those things. Is One thing is you mentioned always you know, always continue to learn, right? And um, anyone who follows this channel, they know one of my biggest hashtags is always be learning. So when I started off, I used to always say always be closing. But then as <laughs> I came through my, my career, I'm realizing what separates people who can have continued success, they always look for op opportunities to A, test their assumptions or invest in their knowledge set, right? And as I progressed through my career is the more knowledge I got in in, in, in specific areas, right? And you got one of that knowledge is it's been imperative to success i'm glad that you said that as well it's about learning from others as well right so the people yeah. around you are some of the richest sets of experiences that that you're going to have and being open with them and sharing your own experiences it's a beautiful thing and that's that's part of the reason i love technology is you're you are always learning there's just yeah. so much to learn and absorb and so much to discuss and yet so much that still remains undiscovered yep and i think one another thing you you talked about, I really want to share that winding road for your career and not work like early in my career. I like, I'm going to, I started off as a help desk engineer. Right. And I thought I'm going to be a network engineer one, yeah. the network engineer two, then a senior engineer, then a SOC engineer. My career did not take that path, but it was okay. Right. I'm still use leveraging those skills. I'm, I'm finding that it was okay. It didn't matter. Right. It was glad that I had a plan at first, but I was, I think it was even better that I was flexible in, in that plan, and it, it was okay. Um, one thing I probably would add is this failure, right? Fail fast, right? Yep. And leverage those learning experience as well, and in addition to your network. And in addition to those books is, right, don't be afraid to try. Um, this, this, whole, this whole interview was me attempting something new to see if it would work, right? And yep. again, in life, I always try to test these assumptions and see how they go, and then you can fine-tune them as you 
you go forward and that's how you get better going forward. Yeah. And, and I'll put the assertion, if you haven't failed big time, then you haven't taken the right risk. So believe me, there's a ton of doozies of pe what people would call failure, but at the same time, you know, here's the thing. It's, and it's kind of tongue in cheek about going back to your younger self and giving advice. If I would have followed that advice, I probably wouldn't have had the learnings that I needed to have along the way because I needed to do that struggle to come out on the other end to where I am. Uh, and if I didn't have that, I'd be like, Hmm. Had I not gone through that, I probably would be in a bit different place. Maybe it would have been a better place that I would have landed in. But at the same time, it was good that I went through what I did. And then you said that the best, because sometimes even when I'm looking back, and we all probably do this, and I think oh, it was absolutely, probably most of us do, we look back, what if I would have known that beforehand? But would you still have the same type of fortitude, right? Those, exactly. those roadblocks that you found a way to find a way around it you know, they helped you be where you are. I think that's something imperative that we, we have to um, leverage. And you said the one thing that I also like to touch on is the people, right? Leverage people experiences. So necessarily you don't have to experience if someone else has experience and has shared it with you, leverage those experiences. So I can give you a great example. My older brother is 13 years older than me. He would tell me all the time when I was in high school, like slide, Sylvester, start studying for your SATs in your junior, I mean, and it was my senior year in junior high school. Like, start oh, yeah. studying now. I was like, I'm good at taking tests. I'm not going to worry about that. He comes around, starts studying like four or five months, didn't do well. And now I'm looking back like, why didn't I just take that, you know, experience? He's trying to let me know that it, you take, it takes a little bit more time to be prepared for these things, right? But now I'm starting to be more comfortable with those, just taking that outside experience. So that's one thing I just wanted to add there. Yeah. No, I think it's great. And part of it, you understand that, hey, I should have listened to us. And I can give like lots of examples in my own experience of like, hmm, if I look back, why didn't I do that? Yeah. But here's the thing. Now it's more meaningful to you. Now you need to open yourself up and you open up your, your thinking and you're like, huh, there might be something there not to stop you, but to fuel yeah. you and to use it to say, you know what, I want to be successful. Somebody's giving me some great advice. I need to take that in and consider how do I use that? How do I digest that? As opposed to, ah, I got this because yeah. believe me, I think the older I get, the less I real, uh, the more I realize, the less I know. <laughs> Correct, and that's and that's the funny thing about it. Like the more you get deeper into a subject, like even me as a um, a system engineer and a consultant, as I I learn more about these technologies, I realize how much things I don't know, and I need to rely on other people. So it's kind of funny that doesn't go away. I'm realizing it's just a part of the game, and it's okay to have a team, right? To have, yeah. to be able to bounce those ideas off of. And this kind and just of- just to be curious. Yeah. Absolutely, just keep that curiosity going and that's, that's not gonna lead you wrong. Perfect. And this goes right into my next question. So what obstacles have you facing your career and how have you overcome it? And to give you some little bit more insight, the people who watch this, we have a wide range. A lot of them are earlier in their careers, mid-careers, women and men. But one thing I usually get in the comments or I usually get in private emails on LinkedIn is, Sly, I'm in this situation. Um, something either with my manager, how do I overcome it? Or Sly, I don't have any work experience. How do I over overcome that? Or I even have some ladies like, I'm not being taken serious. Yeah. So how do I have that conversation? And me being a minority, how, when can I bring that up without people thinking, did you get the job because of the color of his skin and not his intellect? Like, how do you have those conversations and have you had any of those obstacles um, in your career? You know, absolutely. Those are tough conversations to have for anybody. And, and part of it is, you know, as everybody will tell you, we spend so much time at work, you know, 
we really need to talk about the, the, the culture gap, right? The fit in terms of it is the workplace, you know, the place for you. And that is okay if it's not, you know, in interviewing and hiring people, and I, we've all done a lot of that, it, it is about the fit. Like, how will you work? How will you operate in that? But that doesn't mean you accept always what exists. You have to understand you have a role in shaping that as well and feel empowered to be able to have those open honest and transparent discussion. So, you know, one of the things that I've really uh, loved about working at ServiceNow is this whole focus on diversity, inclusion, and belonging. You know, and I think that belonging sense, if you feel like you belong and the people around you matter and the people feel you matter, right? And you're bringing your authentic self to work, then you can have a whole range of open discussions and basically talk about what's that human connection that we're going to have, right? So um, when we start to talk about belonging, then that's when we say, hey, I don't really feel like I belong. Like I feel like this is happening. And we should be able to have those conversations about feelings that work because we're not robots. We're not just, hey, I'm going to go in, do my job, and then, and then leave. The best cultures that I have seen focus not only just on diversity because that's super important. They focus on inclusion, whether it's women. And there's all kinds of horrible stories about women hiding in the bathroom and crying during the day and men going out to the parking lot and sitting in their cars crying because they, they don't feel like they belong at work. They don't feel like they matter. They don't think like anybody's listening. So to me, this is regardless um, of situation and, and tech, you can, you know, I don't have to quote you stats. I don't have to tell you studies. Tech has a problem with this and not unlike other industries, but now it's about, and it behooves us to see what are you going to do about them? And I think this focus on belonging really will help us get a long way. So diversity, inclusion, and belonging will help us have those conversations and have those solutions to how do we make it better for everyone, not in spite of them, but because of them. True. And that was really great. And then this one thing I would just add on there is just ask your fellow colleagues about themselves. Yeah. You know, what do they like? What do they do? Where are they from? Right. I, I've been in a lot of tech roles. And most yep. of the time, no one even knows I'm from Barbados. If they would just ask me where I'm from or where my family is from, they know. Like, I'm born in Brooklyn and from Barbados. But these conversations never happen. So sometimes you feel like, can, do you want to know the, the whole version of me? Or do you just want to have the version that you created in your head of me, right? And that's just not for me. That's for other people. And I've probably been on the other side, too, where I haven't sure. taken that time to really understand the person that's in front of me and what's their story. And because um, as you know, like you said already, to, already, if you spend so much time with these people on these projects, with one of our employees, our managers, but do yeah. we really know them? Do we really understand them? And we don't have to be friends with them, but at least do we understand them? Do they feel like they're, they're there, right? And I think yeah. that happens. And I think one thing is that's a misconception that men doesn't have that either. Right. Oh. And also, I can even tell you when with like one of my recruiters, the first thing I taught her is like, I need parental leave. She was like, why? I'm like, because I want to be with my daughter. Like I want my wife's going to need help and I want to be there more than two weeks. I need to be there with a month. And what 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 can I do to get that? Right. That's important yeah. to me. And she wasn't. She like, I never had this. No male ever asked me for this, right? Why is that? She could, like, sometimes it was hard for her to understand the importance to me along that lines, you know? So that was something that's sometimes a misconception. 
Well, thank you for telling me that because that, that is exactly what about bringing my, your authentic self to work about and, and just being who you are. And I think part of it is we don't take enough time during the day to get to know each people and understanding what their stories is before understanding, you know, oh, this is, this is what I think of them. I mean, looking at me, people may say, hey, yeah, I know what she's about, blah, blah. But do you really, have you asked me what it's about? Do you know that I grew up in a family of nine kids, right? Do you know that, uh, you know, basically I'm, I'm, I'm a, a gay woman? Do you know that, you know, I have uh, struggled with, you know, issues of hearing uh, in my lifetime? You know, so what I think we can do is not assume a lot about people, ask them and, and also be, be, mindful that some people may want to share more than others some people are, right. are just like i want to be a little bit more reserved and that's okay. that's okay and it's really about understanding who those people are and how they want to interact with you and, and some want to open up a lot more and others want to open up a little but i think coming to that relationship and that's the focus we need to think about not interactions at work but relationships at work and some are going to be deeper than others correct and that, that's a big thing is that relationship is and all facets, I think people sometimes when I'm running into, they miss. They even something simple as connect with me on LinkedIn. Don't connect with me to increase your connection stat, right? <laughs> you know, I you know I've done that in the past. I've been a bit, I've been one of the people who used to do that. We but, all get sucked in. I got a, I got a thousand plus people on LinkedIn. They're like, who cares at the end? Of the day? Yeah, like who does? Unless like, you're really, have, unless you have a relationship with a thousand. Well, you know, a relationship on LinkedIn with a thousand yep. people is really hard to have. But you know, yeah. what's the value of the deep relationships versus? Hey, yeah, you'll have a bunch of casual, like, hey, I know this person off LinkedIn or this group or this event, yeah. and, and that's okay. But you, you have to really understand what do you want to value in your life. And what do you want people to feel when they interact with you? Do they, they know who you are, right? So that's something. This, I think you mentioned earlier, be your authentic self. And that, it took me a while. Am I, you know, to gain that confidence to be sure. who I am, right? Um, to share those pieces. Like I do a lot of poetry and people don't, they don't know that, right? That's um, awesome. I'd love to hear some, share some, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love poems. I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing my, uh, a poetry book for my daughter um, just so I could capture those emotions that I had up until that point, right? Because um, I just want her to, to feel what I felt when before I even met her, right, the thoughts that I had of her, and she exceeded all that once I first saw her, right. Um, so those emotions, right. Sometimes you got to capture those. For me, writing helps me um, is a stress reliever, right. So, yeah. um, so those are the things I like to share. Like a lot of people don't know that, but if you just took the time to really gain the relationship, and and it's always an ongoing thing, right. You gotta mm. be a two way street, and sometimes you gotta realize people have. I realize at work, you don't know what stress they're dealing with. If they look a little bit agitated, you don't yeah. know what's happening on the back end. Like, and some people don't want to share it, and that's okay. Respect their boundaries, but at least reach out and ask, right? And that's one thing I'm getting better at um, yeah. as well is just, you know, not assuming I know Jacqueline. I don't know what she went through. I don't know before this interview what you had to deal with, right? I remember one of my meetings, one of the guys, you know, his mom passed recently. And he's dealing with that, right? And I, I'm now understanding why everything needs to be perfect because, you know, that was his rock, right? Yeah. So work now has became a higher priority. So if you're not showing up at 100%, he might get frustrated just because, you know, he's dealing with stuff, right? And you got to know these things. You got to be able to be vulnerable. Um, yeah. I think it definitely helps out. 
you're speaking to me so, so much because, you know, one of my favorite bosses early on used to come in in the mornings and he used to just bring coffee and in a, in a pastry or just coffee and whatever to somebody. And the first thing he would ask us is how was your weekend? How was your day to day? You okay? Is there anything I can do? Something you want to talk about? And, you know, some people obviously, as you said, don't want to open up as much, but other people like, you know, I had a really tough weekend and he's like, you know what? take it easy today. I know we have a couple things to do, but you know, make sure you, you take some time out for yourself and, you know, understand that uh, we're not robots, right? We're people coming to work with feelings, with pasts, with presence, with all of the stresses of today. And unfortunately, there's no better time right now, unfortunately, with all the COVID stuff going on, that people have an enormous amount of things, you know, going on in their life and their, their head spaces and 15 different ways. And in fact, you know, I was on the phone uh, earlier today, say, you know, talking to somebody and that's like, oh, I'm sorry, Jackie, I need to stop the call. I need to go, you know, deal with this. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, my, my, uh, my kid just started school today. Um, things are like a little tough. And I said, you know what, this meeting doesn't have to happen today. Sure. Nothing, nothing's going to change between today and Monday. So you know what, why don't you take that time? You go deal with what you need to deal with because you know what, your headspace isn't here and that's okay. Your headspace is on something much more important today. Let's deal with it Monday, yeah. right? And so having that empathy for people to understand and not saying just during this time, but just overall yeah. that, you know what? Um, people want to do their best. They want to bring their best to work. But, you know, some days just harder than, harder than others, my friend. Some days it just, the stuff doesn't click as well. And you need a little time out and take that time that you need for yourself. Yep, and those little acts of kindness, adds up right um because earlier this week one of our you know fantastic marketers on our team she's going out on maternity leave so we did a virtual baby shower ah, cool. and i know when i was at rsa they did that for me and it made my world so i had to be a part of it i had to contribute it because those little things you remembered you know like my team really cared about me they even sent me a cake like frozen like an ice cream cake i told them i like that to my door so I can have it. And, um, and that act of kindness from people that I didn't think would because, you know, but that showed me how much they cared about me enough to spend the time to do that. And maybe it wasn't a big deal for them, but I'm still talking about it today. And that was over like two years ago now, right? So that was something that changed. Yeah. That's what I mean by that sense of belonging, right? It's not that, you know, um, uh, they're doing it because they're like, hey, he's having an important moment in his life. I want to help celebrate that and let him know that we care about him and uh, that we want to make sure he knows he belongs. And, and that's what I'm saying. And when you have that sense of belonging at work, uh, and you obviously hopefully have it at home as well, it just changes your whole outlook. It makes you, you know, basically dig down further and also want to share that sense of belonging with others. And you make a great point. So let's switch some gears. You and got it. Got deep. I, I enjoyed that conversation. I could talk all day about that. <laughs> but now, can you share some tips on um, for interviews? And the reason why I ask, because you held a lot of roles in your careers, and I know now you're a director. Um, how have your interviews changed from entry level, uh, mid career to your director level now? Are they, you know, what did you do to prepare? What's some tools that you, you use to kind of, you know, make you better, that equipped you to have success? in these interviews to get these jobs to further your career? Sure. Well, and I've been very lucky, very, very lucky along, along the way. And part of it is taking and understanding what opportunities come you come your way and saying, okay, things are going good right now, but oh, 
there's something there that happened. How do I evaluate that in terms of where do I want to go? But, you know, my, my number one thing that I've done, and I've done this all along is you're, they're not just interviewing you, you're interviewing them. So part of it is don't feel that every interview you go to, you're like, Oh, I got to get this. Listen, understand what they're telling you back. Because I tell you, I've been in a number of interviews where I think the interview is going well, but then they start telling me stuff. And I'm like, you know, is this really the place for me? Is this really where I want to have a fit? And, you know, sometimes the answer will come back and say, Hey, great, Jackie, we want to proceed to the next level. And I always haven't had the courage to say, no, I don't want to go to the next level. So that's what's changed. Now I'm like, you know, I don't think this is a fit for me. You know, the job sounds okay. And there's other things going on. So you have to have a vision when you go into these interviews of why do you want this role? Is it about, accelerating your career is it about gaining different experiences and be picky you know i think you know i've been very very blessed where i've had the uh, opportunity to be picky to say you know what i don't like this job in fact i thought i wanted it i thought i i was going to go for it but then when i went through the interview process guess what i was like nope but then on the other side i've gone to some interviews saying "Ah, i'm not really sure about this i'd like to learn more and i've come out of there saying oh my god that was fantastic. I really, really want this job. Uh, and then the second thing I would talk about is they don't know who you are. You may say in your head, I have all these great experiences or whatever, but if you haven't talked about them, if you haven't shown them, they can't get inside your head. They, they don't know all of the stuff that you've done and that you have to be more than your resume, right? Uh, in terming, terms about you know, things of, of what, what you haven't talked about, what they haven't asked you. Um, and then I think that the last piece, which I've talked about a lot more in my later interviews is in the early interviews, it's like, what have you done? What can you do to demonstrate your skill set to me? And it's more of a show me what you can do mm-hmm. in the later part of the interviews. And as you kind of scale up a little bit in your career, you not only just have to tell them about, Hey, here's what I've done, but this is what I'm passionate about. This is how I want to take those experiences and skills and apply them to this area, whether it's a new area or a different area. And this is where I'm really focused on what I'm passionate about and what I want to do next. So you're taking that bridge in terms of from what I've done to what I can do for you to what I want to go and be and how that aligns with the company mission, the company values and, you know, things that I used to talk about in the early interviews is, okay, I've done this, I've done that. I can come in and rock it for you versus now talking about, I have a set of experiences that I can apply to help you, but where do we want to go? Right. Where do I want to go as an individual? Where do you want to go as a company? And what's that match like? Uh, I'll tell you that the quick quip is uh, earlier. I would say, hey, just give me the rat race cage and I'll run it as fast as anybody and I'll improve upon it. And now I'm like, no, give me the green field with no cages and no nothing. And let's carve out a path of how we can get there. So for me, that's the difference in my maturity uh, of, of going from, you know, some some independent interviews and uh, you know, more junior interviews to more senior. But there's no reason why somebody who is maybe coming on to an entry level role or their first job can't talk about, you know, these are the skill sets I want to engage in. This is what I have to offer you. And how how can we work together? to sort of get to that, that better future for us both. And then maybe that's something that you need to learn. We talked about, maybe you need to learn that the hard way, yeah. but I can tell you is I've been lucky to have managers that sat down and asked me like, Sly, is this what you really want to do? Yeah. I can tell that you're going to figure it out, but when you figure it out, are you enjoying what you're doing? If you're not enjoying this, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? And yeah. I remember like one of my, um, my manager just told me, he was like, 
I did a role for two years and I didn't enjoy doing it, but I couldn't quit because I thought quitting was a bad thing. Not realizing I, I needed to realign myself. And when he asked me that at first, like, I don't quit, you know, I don't, I'll figure it out. I work harder. I find a way. And then um, it, it's just funny, like certain things that um, make you change a little bit different. I was reading to my daughter. Yeah. Um, it's called um, put me in the zoo. A little, it was a book. <laughs> and this animal was doing all these tricks and want to go to the zoo. He meets these kids and the kids, he's like, let me show you what I can do. And the kids realize like, hey, you're in the wrong place. You need to actually be in a circus, right? With your skill set, you should be in the circus. And when I'm reading this book to my daughter as her nighttime story, I'm like, why is this little children's book is really hitting me in the soul? I'm realizing like what I'm doing isn't online with what I want to do, right? And once I knew that, put in my two weeks, talked to my manager, we left on great terms. And um, it was the best thing I ever did. So if you're out here, the recap is really sit down and figure out what do you want, what do you, what don't you want, and be able to tell your story and and showcase your skills. Um, yeah. And you can do that in a multitude of ways. And today, this I use this to show my communication skills. It's YouTube videos. I use it for Absolutely. showing my demos, for technical, my ability to manage projects. So these are individual projects. Um, I'm working on a portfolio site to show, showcase the stuff I can do collectively as a team, just not individually. Um, and you can do so many other things that you can do. You can even start small businesses. I got friends who are graphic designers who create yeah. creative marketplaces and show that the volume they made on their side and the brands that they impacted. I got yeah. friends that's web developers that do family businesses and they might not make any money, but it shows them that they have the capability to build this site. Um, I got writers who just edit people resumes, <laughs> writers, right? So it's so many ways for you to showcase your talents and put your own spin on it. And the way myself or Jacqueline does things, it might not be your way, right? So just add your own flavor to it. That's what I always try to do. Um, so that's the one that I want to leave there. So the next thing I want to ask you is any tips on salary negotiation and how to do that dance better? I kind of, um, related to learning tango, you know, you got to be, you got to know when to make the move or else you start stepping on people's toes and that's never good. So any tips there? Sure. And I think, you know, what we, we said in the previous conversation, you got to know your non-negotiables. Like, you know what, you got to draw your line in the sand. And a lot of times it's funny, even with management of people. And when you get to that level, you'll realize a lot of times when people are not successful in a role, it's not because they're not smart enough and they're not hardworking enough. They're just in the wrong role. They're not enjoying their role. They're, it doesn't drive their passion. And it's not an area they want to grow into. So thank you so much, Sly, for sharing that story, because I, I hope a lot of listeners uh, take that to heart because hey, we all have to pay the bills. Don't, don't get me wrong, right? There's sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, but don't leave yourself in that situation. Have an exit path out to get to a better place where it drives your passion and where you can excel in the things you want to. And it's kind of the same when we talk about salary. You know, you have to know what you need to make you happy. If you take a salary that's not going to make you happy because it doesn't allow you to take care of your family or financial bills and stuff like that, it's a really tough sell. But you have to know the market and you have to know and come armed with data in terms of, okay, if I'm a developer, if I'm an engineer and I'm a marker, this uh, marketer, this is the going rate. This is the, the basically, you know, what the market is saying to pair and come with data and know what you think you're worth and know 
where you are sticking it in terms of saying, this is it, I can't go beyond this line. And talk about understanding what the trade-offs are. You know, sometimes you can do those trade-offs for salary if there's a new set of experiences that you want that you haven't done before that you start to say, hey, it's okay, I take a little bit less right now because I'm learning, but I want to learn and it gets me into an area that I haven't been into and I, and I really want to get into that area. If you can afford to do that, you know, do it because money is not the be all and end all. The other set of the thing is anytime that I've taken a job purely for money, it hasn't lasted, my friend, just as you said, because you're not happy in that role. And money at the end of the day is not necessarily the only motivator that, that gets you going. If you're in a job that you hate and it's a struggle going in every day and, and it's just about the money, uh, then, you know, you're not going to last very long. So in terms of negotiating salary, know your market, come prepared and armed, know what your worth is and what you need to get out of it, but also talk about what's the trajectory for growth. So if you can't give me what I need today, is that a, something that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, makes sense in the next year, in the next six months and in the next whatever to be able to go through. But the last point I'll give you is don't sell yourself short, right? Know that you are valued and that you are, don't go on discount and you don't go on sale. Yeah. And I think, you hit on a lot of things there is that everything is negotiable, right? So you might not, you might concede on salary, right? Yeah. But you might be able to get, make it up in a signing bonus because I've been in situations where yeah. they have budgets, they can't go over the budget, but what they can do is give you a one-time payment that can make you, you know, just satisfied for that current time. I also oh. taken roles. Yep. Right. You're in or technology stock. stock or more time off or more types of other benefits. Think right. about it as a whole package. Yep. And make sure you actually take into consideration the city you're living in. So one of my good friends, dude is, dude is way smarter than I am. This dude is super smart. Right. But I kept telling him like, hey, you're going into a higher market. So you need yeah. to ask for more money because he came from Buffalo and Binghamton, New York. Both of those oh. markets are cheap and affordable, right? So if you make it $80,000 in those two markets, that is, it can go a long way. He was sure. going into the Boston area. I told oh. him that you got to add at least 20% on that, you know? React, baby. <laughs> and, I, and I kept trying to belabor the point. And he kept looking online and saying, this is where I need to be. At. I'm like, you're not taking consideration of where you're going. Cost of living. If I, yeah. You know, cost of living. So make sure... And I know this is probably some fundamental things, but this is the little things that can affect your happiness in a role because you might love the job. But right. if you find out you're making fifty to forty or fifty to sixty thousand dollars less than your than your peers and you're doing the same thing as all because you didn't negotiate well, that doesn't sit well either, right? And that could ruin relationships because you didn't do your job or you just wasn't able. So just take that to heart. So, Absolutely. Or when you go and get the job and then you're in there and you find out people are making significantly more than you, it already gives you a demotivation in that job saying, why is that the case? Uh, and like I said, for me, I have to think about it as a whole bundle of compensation, but salary is important. And women in particular, you know, as a gender overall, we don't usually fare as well as our male counterparts in salary negotiations because they ask more and we don't ask more. Now, I know that's a generalization. So, you know, listeners, please don't take that to heart. But I'm just saying, overall, you need to ask with what you want. Because, you know, if you don't ask it, you're not going to get it. You're not going to be able to negotiate it. Because taking on a new role or a, you know, even just a different role in the same company, you need to make sure that it's the right step for you on all four fronts. 
Yep. And I couldn't say any better. You got to be your own agent and you have to make sure you ask because if, if they say no, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Right. You like, but at least have those questions beforehand, plan and ask them. If this is something that you know is a make or break, do not compromise unless you have to. Like if you need to pay your bills and you have to, and you know you're going to do it for a certain amount of time, that's fine. If it's certain situations, that's fine, right? But try to find your way, your walk away point. So as we get and, close, and, oh, and all the recruiters, sorry, sorry, yeah. one more point. All the recruiters want to ask you is, can you give me a range of salary you'd like for a position? And then you should not necessarily think you have to respond to that. Mm -hmm. You should be able to come back and say, well, what's the average pay in this uh, in this right. area for that role, right? So, um, and they do. They have a budget. Usually, they have to go into, but you can you can push them on that a little bit depending on uh, you know your skill set, what you're bringing. Now, you know, if the budget line is eighty thousand and you're asking for one hundred fifty thousand, well, then you're lot you're farther apart than you can do but yeah. usually in a role there's like you can play it up a little bit or play it down a bit based on your experience and, and you know shaping the little bit of the salary requirements around that so apologies slide but I, I just think that's important to cover to say there's always a usual bandwidth but you got to kind of keep it within some guideposts yep and i think the last thing to add on that if like jacqueline said if you really like this job and the skills that you're going to gain and you take a little bit of a haircut it yeah. might be beneficial because I have taken jobs. So sure. my first job out of college, I took a role at Ingram Micro as a tech support rep. I was making $15 an hour. And uh, my, my mom and my dad is like, you went to college to make $15 an hour? Are you crazy? You know? And, but I'm like, mom, they give me my certifications. Yeah, yeah. They give me free training. I'm like, Google works there. I'm like, Google is one of their customers. Um, yeah. You know, HP is there. They said I could take all these certifications for free and I don't have to sign a contract either. So I'm like, this is, I'm going to grad school right now for me, you know? So I went there and that was the best thing I ever done because I got to learn a lot about different technologies. And I spent the weekends just learning more about things and how the business actually works. And um, that was the best thing I ever did is take that step back, humble myself, I also found kids there who had high school degrees that knew the technology better than me with a college degree. And that showed me another thing that that degree, that piece of paper, it matters for certain things. Sure. And, I'm, and I do value the education you get there, but don't devalue someone because they don't have that degree. Because if they have that formal education and they have that experience, sometimes in my case, that definitely outweighed my book knowledge because they had application. And again, I know that's a generalization, but um, in certain situations, definitely this don't downplay your skill set and what, what value you could bring to a company. Hey, some of the smartest people I know never went to college. So part of that is, is being able to interact together, right? And, and bring the knowledge that you have and bring the knowledge somebody else has and, and, and kind of share that. And I think that's a super great point, Sly, in terms of making sure uh, that when you are looking at a company, you look at what are their opportunities for you to grow in that company? What are the opportunities they're going to support your own personal development and your own personal growth? And sometimes, you know what, that's, that's definitely worth a little bit more off the salary or if they have such a great culture um you know we could talk about the horrible culture of some companies and we won't go there but yep. you know the money at the end of the day at least for me uh in my position that i'm in right now i don't want a toxic workplace i don't want to have to go to a workplace every day that i struggle with and that ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or whatever that amount is it's yep. just not worth it not in the worth end. it and don't fall in love with the name um, exactly. for me you know sometimes you want to go to google and amazon but then you are you that type of worker that they're looking for? Like, what yeah. are, like, some for me, I'm not, 
I'm not willing to give up that peace of mind, right? Some people are, right? You just got to figure, does that culture work with you? I think you mentioned that earlier, Jacqueline. So as we start getting closer to the end of this, this interview, I want people to know you a little bit more. So would you mind sharing some of your favorite books? And also, can you also share how can the audience contact you um, if they want to continue this conversation? Sure, sure. You know, um, there's a lot of great books, a lot of great podcasts out there. So, you know, um, a couple of my favorites are this, though. Uh, the, the, one of my favorite reads in the last little while has been The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F Blank. <laughs> and really why? It's kind of what some of the things that we talked about. It's like meaning and growth comes from the struggle. And part of it is you need to cut away all that facade of stuff and get down to what really matters. So it's not telling you to not give a flying F about all this stuff. It's saying, you know what? You can't give a flying F about all this, these things going on. It's too overwhelming. It's too stressing. Focus on what really matters to you and you'll be a happier, you know, kind of a happier person around that. Um, and kind of one of my favorite co- podcasts is called Fix Work. And it's like the punk rock HR podcast with Lori uh, Rudiman, and hopefully I'm pronouncing her name right. And it is all about a lot of the issues that we talked about. So I encourage you to go take a listen. If you look up Fix Work or punk rock HR podcast, you'll find it. Um, the other one is the HR, uh, HBR Idea Cast. It's all about technology and innovation. Lots of great thoughts, lots of great leadership there. Uh, and then my last is on NPR and it's called How I Built This. And it's stories of everyday entrepreneurs about the struggles they went through, the challenges they went through, and how they put these amazing, you know, startups and amazing companies uh, together to help inspire you to say, yeah, it's going to be a journey and nothing like clicks on like this and goes on overnight. But if you have that passion, if you have that drive, if you believe you can do it, you can do it. So uh, those are those are a couple of my favorites, and uh, you know certainly encourage uh, listeners to go check them out. So uh, so how you can find me? Certainly, I'm on LinkedIn. Please go ahead and try and connect with me. But when you do connect to me, ask yourself why, right? And give me a reason of why I should get to know you, and why do you get to know me? Just to you know prevent that fakeness slide that we've talked about in terms of people just doing the crazy LinkedIn connection. You know, personally, uh, my uh, personal email is up on uh, my LinkedIn account. So happy for you to engage with me. Perfect. And I make sure to put those contact links right in the bottom of this um, YouTube. So you don't worry. But before we leave, what's one last thing you want to leave with the audience? You know, I think we've talked about a lot. I think the um, one last thing is make yourself happy. If you don't make yourself happy, you can't make anybody else happy and you'll have a much more enjoyable life and have a better outlook and better ability to deal with all the stressors on yourself. So find out what makes yourself happy. That'll drive your passion and just go for it. Be fearless. Great. Well, that's the end of this show. So thank you for coming, Jacqueline. It was fantastic. Enjoy the dialogue we had. And Sly Gittins and Jacqueline is going to be out. Peace. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Sly. Okay, bye-bye.